So before we start, I need to announce that uh, my wife, Minaz Asani Kanji, who works with Park People, you're familiar with them. Absolutely. Um, she was honored this past week as Environmentalist of the Year. I saw her picture. Yeah. It's a nice picture of her. It, hey, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the fifth annual what, Aster what, Awards. What are you doing with a woman that good looking? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, continue. I, I interrupted. <laughs> no worries. So Environmentalist of the Year at the fifth annual Aster Awards hosted uh, by the Toronto Botanical Garden. So uh, congratulations, Minaz, and to everybody at uh, Park People. So just wanted to start off there, uh, especially with uh, this evening's and today's conversation where we're talking about uh, For a Better Toronto. Mm -hmm. And you recently launched uh, forabettertoronto.ca. Um, so Richard, first question right out of the bat is why this website and why now? First of all, I want to tell you, it's nice to be on for the third time. Third time. And this is your 99th edition. Right? 99th episode. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, Steve Martin has been on Saturday Night Live for 15 times. Yeah. He's, he's the host who's been on the most. So okay. that's my ambition. There to, you are. To stay. Has anyone been on three times? No, you're the, you're the first one to, to be three. And I know Saturday Night Live, they have this tradition where... You got a jacket? Well, I'm wearing or a so, cool jacket already. You are. So. That's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Anyhow. But yeah. but thank you for coming on a oh, third listen, time. It's a, it's a pleasure. And it's, uh, you know, we're talking about stuff that's really important, you know, for a better Toronto. You know, the, the Monocle, the Economist, they all come out that, you know, we're consistently one of the five most livable cities in the world. Sure. And I don't agree. Yeah, I, I think, oh. we, I, no, I don't at all. I mean, we've got some wonderful stuff going on. Okay. I mean, you know, we got growth and, you know, you own a house today, you're a millionaire. Mm. Uh, if you don't own your house, you're in poverty. Um, you know, we have, Google's going to do their thing here. We did a really good uh, application for Amazon without giving away our soul. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of good things happening here. You know, all we're right. becoming a tech hub, but there's still 27% of the kids in this city are in poverty. We have 200,000 people on a wait list for you know community housing we've got about a hundred thousand i think it might even be i think some stats came out today the the wait list for recreational programs there's just there's there's a lot of people that are vulnerable in this city and mm. um and so i i just think you know I, I came up with this concept for a better toronto i think we can be better we're we're a very rich city mm -hmm. uh we're a very rich city and uh we can be better and so that's why that's my small voice of talking about how we can be better. Now, before, as you were launching it, and even before that, you were, you, you know, you've been talking a lot about Toronto over the past mm -hmm. couple of years, yeah. at, at least. Um, everyone was asking you, and then you went on, I think, CTV News or CFTO in Toronto here, uh, to tell people to make an announcement that you were not <laughs> running. Um, You'd hope that, you know, last spring when you talked, you were hoping I was going to come on. And, and say that <laughs> right you now, were. Say I was running. yeah. Well, or, or at least, like, so Jagmeet Singh has been on. Oh, yeah. And Good congratulations to him. Yeah. Well, he we'll, might get my vote this, uh, you know, when it, in a couple of years. Interesting. We'll talk about that in a bit. Mm -hmm. But when he came on, I asked him the question, um, and he said he was thinking about it. Not uh, running for mayor. Uh, no, not for, for leadership of, <laughs> yeah. of, of federal NDP. And then and then soon after, he, he ran and he won. And so then I, I've put out on Facebook that uh, good things happen to people <laughs> that come on this. So, um, so or maybe the, they're cursed. <laughs> or, or they're cur yeah, you, you never know, right? Um, but let me ask you this. Um, you know, why not? And the reason I ask why not is because currently, and there'll be like dozens of people that sign up to run for mayor, and with, but really there's, there's two people today. 
Um, there's Tory, the incumbent, and there's Ford, who's not an incumbent but has that name recognition. Um, and they're both right of center. Um, and and we're looking, when I say we, Toronto, um, and I think the progressives in Toronto um, are looking for a, I don't want to say left or right, but they're looking for a progressive voice, a progressive candidate. Um, and a lot of people thought that you might be that person. So why not? Uh, first of all, it has nothing to do with who's running. Okay. Actually, I think... I, I think there's a real opportunity for progressive because you've got one that's regressive, that's Ford. Yeah. And you've got John, who's you know, Tory, who's, you know, saying some progressive things, but watch his voting record, especially as we go through the budget. He's not progressive. And, mm-hmm. and you're right. So I think there's a good 50% out there that could, could go after, could, could support a progressive. I think they're more beatable than they've ever been for the right candidate. Mm-hmm. But I just look at where I am in my life right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, where I'll be in another year, a year, and it's a four-year term, and I decided it wasn't for me at this time. And, okay. And it won't be for, you know, five years it won't be. I just, it's just where my life is. Yeah. I decided not to do it. Okay, so let's talk about. You know, you, you say there's a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, uh, I don't know if you said it or they insinuated it on, on the interview that, that you gave in terms of, um, you know, it's easy or it's, it's easier for an incumbent because they've got that recognition. They're in the community all year long for four years. And then for municipal, you get all these names and you, you, you know, people tend to go towards familiarity. But with what happened in Montreal recently, right? Mm-hmm. Valerie uh, Plant, I think I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She's now the mayor of Montreal. I know. Congratulations to her. And from what I understand, nobody knew who she was um, a couple of years ago. DeBasio was the same. Uh, Barack was the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are lots of cases. Again, yeah. this, for the right progressive, yeah. uh, this is available. And and so, you know, I was thinking, like, I'm the dog who chases the bus. Like, when I, if I caught mm. the bus, yeah. uh, would I want the bus? Mm. And and that's kind of what I've wrestled with. Yeah. And, but it's not a fear of competing. It's not a, I mean, you know, even if you don't, if that progressive doesn't win, I, I, I think it'd be a very healthy voice because yeah. both Tory and Ford are going to be so far down the thing. They're going to be fighting it out for the shallow end of the pool. I mm-hmm. mean, there's, they're not going to do anything on the revenue side. And God knows this city needs revenue to do city services, transform Toronto, save streets, poverty, housing. We need revenue. And those two won't go there at all. And so, yeah, I think a progressive could win this. But right now, and, you know, I had a chat just yesterday with uh, an individual. We were, were, we identified a person and we approached the person and, and, you know, had a lot of things going for him. Youth, person of color, brilliant, but, you know, where they are in their life right now, they don't want to take a shot at it. Mm -hmm. And um, so I don't know who... You know, Desmond Cole, and you know, I don't know Desmond. I admire a lot of what he's doing, especially on police carding. Yeah. I don't, Desmond, you know, Desmond, I think, what did he say to me? I had lunch with him. I said, uh, you know, I'm not left, I'm a radical. <laughs> and, you know, I think <laughs> I think a progressive, but, you know, can Desmond calm himself down a bit? Uh, but he is a smart guy, and he means well, and cares about Toronto, and he cares about you know, a lot of the vulnerable people in this community. So, you know, I, if he if he runs, good for him. Is Toronto ready for that? And and the ready re- for what? Ready for a progressive. And so, and I and I say this with this in mind. There was a, um, I think I found this article. Um, I think it was today or, or maybe yesterday, 
Matt Elliott of, of Metro. Oh, so Matt did the story about you Aust- should vote for Ford? <laughs> no, so he talked about austerity, status quo, city building. Um, and so there were these three paths. Oh, that's the, right? uh, I was at that speech. It was, okay. the, it was the city manager, Peter uh, Wallace, Peter Wallace. Yes. And, and he had three paths. Yeah. And so let's and, talk about those paths. Okay. So, yeah. and I know the paths pretty well okay. because, um, uh, so I actually did a three piece tread on a thread on Twitter on those three paths. Yeah. So the first path is kind of like, you just kind of stay where you're at. Mm-hmm. And frankly, with revenue. If you just, I mean, right now, you know, the city's thinking about status quo, meaning no increases. Yes. You will close libraries. Yeah. You will cut back on buses. Yeah. You will, uh, programs will be cut. People will be let go. The city will be poor off for path one. So then, then uh, Matt talked about path two, Mm -hmm. where he said, you know, we do some revenue growth. Yeah. And, but it's probably more property taxes. Yeah. And you could maintain city services. Yeah. And he said in that, that you'd be able to do Transform Toronto, that you'd be do poverty reduction, and you'd be able to do safer streets. Mm-hmm. And in my tweet, I said, no, with, with just doing modest revenue increases, you cannot afford those three things. Mm-hmm. Don't kid yourself. Those three things aren't going to happen under path two. Yeah. Path three was more aggressive revenue. Yeah. And you could do those things and any other things. I can't remember all the examples. Again, what the point that I made, you know, he was encouraging that there be a dialogue and we have this debate whether we can afford pass two or three. Yeah. We're not going to have that dialogue with Ford and Tory. Yeah. They're not going to bring that up at all. These guys are going to, you know, Tor- uh, Ford's going to say, you know, taxes are bad, cars are good, and, uh, you know, he's going to be for maybe zero property taxes. Mm-hmm. Tory's going to be for inflation, so that's 2%. Yeah. They they can't even talk about past two and four, two yeah. and three. Yeah. So that was an interesting article, but I push back on it because, you know, unless someone comes on and makes a case that this is a rich city and rich cities, if you want a great city, you have to spend to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least have that dialogue. I don't know how they're going to have that dialogue mm-hmm. come next October. And so my question is, is Toronto not just ready for the dialogue? Because I think dialogue is one thing. I think then it's it's the and the reason I bring this up, Richard, is this: there have been election slogans, right? Um, fast track and the gravy train. Fast track, gravy train. You know, if you you go down the line, and there's always this slogan, uh, and today's it, it's a hashtag that people sort of push out and they build upon that. Make America great again, yeah. right? What does that mean? You know, what what do these things mean? And so. Are, are we ready or is the public ready to have that deep conversation about the type of city, what you call a vision for what the city should be? Well, I'd like to think so, but you're right. So far, they've been won tactically. Yeah. Because I've made the point that Anna Gravy Train and uh, Smart Track are not visions. No. They're tactics and they're very successful and they've, 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 they've put these two things in and they hammered them yeah. and they won. They get somebody I, voted in. Yeah. Yeah. I contend that no one's run a visionary, inspiring campaign. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a stretching, reinforcing statement of intent of what this city could be. Mm-hmm. And and I think I, I think that could work. Mm-hmm. But again, it's untested. 
Um, you know, uh, what what was Barack's thing? Yes, we can. Yes, right? we can. Very inspirational. Sure. Yes, we can. Yeah. And, you know, so that's why I'm saying for a better Toronto. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I realized when I was contemplating running, I did, had not come up with my gravy train thing You're that slow. was going to be on the yeah. signs. Yeah. Um, if you remember when... Uh, Rob ran, and they would have a debate about anything, arts, mm. libraries, whatever. And when they asked him, he'd say, and the gravy train. He had a one answer for everything. Yeah. And um, it resonated with people. Yeah. But I, I believe that a, a visionary approach can win. So I'm going to I'm gonna ask you about that vision. But I love that. You like that kind of question. Yeah. I want to take a step back. Um, you retire from MLSE, and you almost pivot straight into – this whole notion or idea of leadership and city building. Um, so I'm curious, how do you go from from building a team? And, and, and a lot of people would would uh, look at that and, and you're building sports teams, but it was really bigger than that, especially with MLSC. Um, but how do you go from that into city building? Well, you're kind of making it sound like I pivoted the day I retired. Day. <laughs> Actually, I started pivoting well before then. Okay. It's... Um, it, so I ran that company for 15 years. Yeah. We were very much a vision company, went on and off the playing field. We had four values mm-hmm. and core values. And one of them was to be leaders in the community. So I hadn't really given it a lot of thought to I ran Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. But I realized as, as you know, running these three sports teams and this big company and doing well financially, we owed it to the city to give back. Um, so we started a foundation which did that. Our, one of our values was that. We encouraged our employees to get involved in that. And the other thing we did, and I'm giving a speech on, I'm, I'm participating in a debate on the 14th uh, about whether sports teams should get money from governments. And I don't believe they should. Hmm. You know, we came to our board of directors and made a case for why we should build Air Canada, why we should uh, build BMO field why we should build maple leaf square all of these things and and i ended up getting the board to agree to spend a billion dollars on infrastructure in this city with our own money so i was being a city builder already Hmm. i was doing it with the foundation i was doing it with one of our values i was doing it with all this infrastructure i was building for the city Mm -hmm. so when i wrote my first book and i read uh, Roger Martin, the past dean of the Rotman School of Management, and he writes a book, and he says that all leaders have three choices. You can do nothing uh, nothing for the city, you can take bricks away from the city, mm. or you can add bricks to the city and increase the robustness of the civil foundation. Mm. And I love that metaphor of bricks. And so it was an evolution, but it had already started at Maple Leaf Sports. So it might look like, how did this MLSE sports guy turn into be a city builder? It was happening over decades. Interesting. So let's get your vision now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you would argue that today, Toronto doesn't have no a vision. If you look up the vision of, uh, and I wrote about this in one of my blogs, if you look up the vision for Toronto, I think it's 143 words. And all it is is a laundry list of stuff. Google Toronto's vision. It's about 140 odd words. And it's a bunch of laundry list of things. A vision, again, is, in, is the what. What do you aspire to? And, um, and we don't have one. If you were to write that vision, um, what would it be? Well, that's my dilemma. I've, I've figured out the four values because the vision is the what, the values are the how. 
And my four values, and I put those out in my first blog on why I wasn't running, actually. I think it was my first blog on uh, forabettertoronto.ca. Um, one is uh, sustainable. And sustainable means that you know our bridges hold up, our roads hold up, our computers hold up. We're financially... Uh, uh, stable. Uh, we've got a climate plan that we can handle climate change. Mm-hmm. Another one was um, healthy, and that's everything from green roofs to recreation to safe streets to, you know, making sure that we're a healthy community. Inspiring means that, you know, we have the arts and we have libraries and we have schools and we have festivals. And the final one is inclusive. My fourth value was inclusive, that we should embrace people of color, people of whatever religion, whatever sexual orientation. Are they old? Are they young? Are they immigrants? So I came up with four values. I feel very good about those. And once you've got those four values in place, it makes decision-making. It makes decision-making on investments very easy because you go look and say, well, let me, let me say, for instance, you can bet that Rob Ford did mm-hmm. not have a vision on inspiring when he tried to close libraries. He just did not. And if I had an inspiring thing, I would look at it and say, okay, instead of cutting back the hours on Friday night or not having libraries open on Sunday, yeah. how do we open up more? I want to inspire these people. I mm-hmm. want you know, I want it to be inclusive because more people can access these libraries. So, so I'm very comfortable with um, you know, sustainable, inspiring, healthy, and inclusive. I think my vision would be still coming back to maybe the most, you know, most livable city for everyone in the world. Hmm. Just like go out there. And, and, and my problem is this livable city thing is so out there. It's so generic. But that's the best I can come up with. Interesting. So I, I, I Googled uh, vision for the city. It's interesting. They have the council's vision for the city, which is Toronto is a caring and friendly city. And then they go into detail there. Toronto is a clean, green, and sustainable city. Toronto is a dynamic city. Toronto invests in quality of life. And then they've got, you know, explanations under under each of those. So the key to a vision and values mm-hmm. is that people need to know about it. Yeah. And you talk about it all the time. You reinforce yeah. it all the time. You make every decision based, based on, on it. Yeah. And so I can tell you, when I, vision and values at Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment of the yeah. 700 people, yeah. 92% knew what it was and 93% or 93% knew what it was and 93% believed it. When I ran Skydome, it was 100% of my 120 employees yeah. knew. You had to look it up. No one could tell you no. what the vision and values <laughs> are of this city of Toronto. Yeah. You know, the easiest thing on a vision statement, visions kind of, they've been around since, you know, the Bible, you know, those without a vision shall perish. Yeah. And then Disney did it in the 50, in 1955. Hudson's Bay, we shall dominate North America. That's been around a long time. Yeah. But when it when it came out with um, it, with really uh, Peterson Waterman with Book of Search of Excellence, everyone jumped on the board of Vision and Vows in the 80s. Everyone mm-hmm. read the book. CEOs everywhere were doing it. They were paying consultants, and everyone had a vision and value statement, and they placked up, pushed up a a, a plaque on the wall. Yeah, we're done. Mm. No, we're not done. That's just the start. That's the easy part. Yeah. Living it, reinforcing it, communicating it is the tough part. And, you know, you can have it there. It, what's the awareness in this city? Zero. Zero. And have they made any decisions based on that? I would say no. I would no, say I would say no council really doesn't good. know this. 
Oh, not a chance. I would say council not doesn't know this. So, okay, it's interesting because, you know, you have this vision and it, it, it would take one person to say, hold on a second. Every decision we make, does it follow our vision that we've put out there? You know, that, that you know, this is on is our it? website. Yeah. Right. And I don't think there is anyone. And, you know, ours that with Maple Leaf Sports was 18 words. So yeah. if you counted all those oh, words. Oh, there's too many. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, I remember in the NBA, David Stern rolled out one that was 200 words. I remember yeah. the meeting where he talked about it. Yeah. Never saw it again. Yeah. And so that's what happens. They, And so that's people knew when I tested my senior management people, they knew it off by heart. Hmm. And it was the same with Pillsbury. Pillsbury, we had three core values. We had one that quality is essential. We had a $5 million product quality issue. It was saleable, was it? But was it good, as good as Green Giant product should be? Uh-huh. And we, we had this meeting, and I, I turned to the young brand manager who ran Green Giant, and I said, what should we do? And he says, our value is quality essential. We can't sell it. That was the decision. And that was it. That was it. Yeah. There was no debate. Yeah. And you know what? We had only been into our vision of ours for about a year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. The moment I made that decision, yeah. no one questioned vision of ours. We are living them. They are not phony. And um, so that's what you've got to do. Hmm. If you had a healthy uh, if you had a healthy value, you would not have had that debate on and spent half a million dollars testing the Blur Street bike lane. No, and what I saw Mamaliti. Someone had tweeted out that Mamaliti. Yeah, they're going around in circles oh, and putting on different helmets. I'm going to be doing a blog on uh, term limits, and I'll I'll think okay, I'll, I'll, think I'll dedi- I think I'll dedicate. Let's it to talk him. about so so Minaz. My wife has worked with Mary Margaret McManus. Yes, a great woman. And um, she said she was going to step down after two terms. And, and she is. Yes, she is. Yeah. yeah. So what's the? So I've thought about this, and in, in in principle, it sounds great. It's like great. Let's get new blood in there. Let's get new thinking in there. Let's get people, get people that are excited and really want to make a difference and are not hung up in terms about I don't have enough money or I don't have the name recognition. There's no chance in me getting elected. Um, and then at the other side, I go is is two terms enough to turn a, a boat around a big ship around like the the city of toronto and and go forward in a direction so you're you're debating the how-to's and i happen to agree with you mm. uh grange park took three terms for okay it, for, for, it took 12 years yeah um uh regent park yeah took three terms yeah so i think that the term limit is three terms okay so but that's i i must admit i i'm really conflicted i have some people that I admire so much, the Joe Mehevics and the Kristen Wontans, and frankly, they can be counselors forever. <laughs> then there's other ones I'd like to see go. Yes. Um, so I am, I, you know, I haven't written the blog yet. It's probably, um, and I'm, I'm really kind of, I'm probably going to do, there's a this and there's a that. And, you yeah. know, so I don't know where I'm at. I've done a lot of, I've already started to do research. I believe I've read about San Francisco, but now I can't find the research. But again, I'm not deep into this subject. That when they put in term limits, and please, someone might be Googling it right now and prove me wrong, so I'll put a big asterisk on it. But I read someplace that they put in in term limits, and what did they get? They got more women, and they got more people of color. They Mm. got more diversity. Yeah. And what do we have? We have, okay, we have 30% women. Yeah. 14% people of color, I think. Mm -hmm. Even that many. Yeah. I, can I saw it. It's a 90, 30, 14. I'm trying to think what the 90% is. Yeah. But anyhow, I heard Mary Margaret 
interviewed on CBC, and I thought she was very good, and I applaud her for integrity. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about it, and um, yeah, we're not as diverse. This is a city that's 50% people who are born in a foreign country. Yeah. We're f- over 50% people of color. Yeah. And we don't look like it. Not on council, no. And we're missing things. Um, it's not that we should just look like it, but the people that are that way, people of color, women, whatever, that, that inclusiveness I talk about, mm-hmm. they they have insights and connections that, you know, I'm, uh, I'm an older white guy, mm-hmm. that I don't have. I have to sure. work at that yeah. uh, to get that. These people have those. So they bring a depth of understanding and passion that would be really healthy for this city. And, and, and why I kind of lean towards term limits is because I think it might do that, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. So stay tuned. I don't yeah. know which way I'm coming out on that blog, but I am going to write about it. Well, there, there are definitely people that have been there way too long, way too long. That, that need to step aside and let some, some new thinking well, in council. Well, who has job security like that in the world today? Nobody. Nobody. I mean, it's a job for life for a lot of them. And Mm -hmm. listen, there's no doubt that you do get tired out. And, you know, Harvard Business Review did did an analysis many years ago that says the first five years, um, you talked about what you accomplish in kind of the first 10 years and how you learn about it, how you try stuff and how you succeed. But, you know, CEOs today in in major companies, Mm -hmm. a little over four years is their tenure. Wow. Four years. And it used to be like 10 when I first started out. But it's now, and I think that can be a little short. Mm -hmm. uh, But I'm just saying that no one has jobs to live. CEOs are turning over all the time. Leaders are turning over in every other area but Toronto City Hall. (laughs) You recently went to a three-day climate leadership course. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, what, What did you learn from there that we can, that we should be? applying here in Toronto? Okay. First of all, there's still deniers out there. Less in Canada than the United States. Yeah. But there's still like 40% deniers out there. Yeah. So the first thing, and, and by, by the way, I went in not having to be convinced there was climate change. Sure. I just wanted to be educated. Yeah. And I'm, I should be wearing my, I'm a graduate now of the program. Are one you of, okay? <laughs> one of Al Gore's 13,000 graduates, of which there are 400 in Toronto. Okay. 400. And in fact, on my Twitter account, I've got a, I shot a picture of the, all the Canadians who were there. I think I saw that, yeah. yeah. So, so what did I learn? First of all, it is happening. Whether it's water temperatures, ice disappearing, uh, air temperatures, mm. it is happening. More extreme there, weather. Oh, yeah. More ex- and then, and, and, and they're also proving that man is creating it. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, things like solar and wind are starting to address. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, there's a Paris Accord. Thankfully, C40 cities and David Miller, who's now taking that job working in North America for C40 cities, believe that the cities can, even if Trump, you know, doesn't cooperate, um, they can do it. So, what is a C40 city? C40 cities, it's, well, it's, I don't even know where the C I think it just might be a play on the cities. Uh, so C40 cities was something, uh, and I might have this right, mm-hmm. came up with by Bloomberg. The, uh, the head yes. of it is the mayor of Paris. Okay. Higaro or whatever her name is, mm-hmm. who's doing incredible stuff in Paris. Okay. And all these cities, they just had a big meeting in um, 
They had just had a big meeting in Paris a couple of weeks ago, and they're just dedicating themselves that they, the cities, no matter what the Trump does, thankfully in a lot of countries, the cities, the countries all agree. Mm-hmm. By the way, today Syria is going to approve the Paris Accord. I saw that. And so now the United States is, is the, the only, only one who's not in it. <laughs> and um, so, so anyhow, so the, we have what we have on the table right now is transform Toronto. Yeah. We have voted on it, at, I think, twice. Last June, we voted unanimously mm-hmm. that we support Transform Toronto. This was in June. They said, well, some, I think it was probably Cressy or Layton or Kristen Wong-Tam brought up, the, well, let's make sure we're putting money towards it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, let's not do that. Let's not talk money now. We'll worry about it at budget time. Mm-hmm. And I think they were looking, and once again, someone's going to Google this and prove me wrong. I think something like $6.7 million dollars. So, once again, we all vote for it. Yeah. But then when budget comes, and by the way, no one's going to increase revenues, they're going to have trouble coming up with the $6.7 million. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I know, I can tell you from all the graduates, the graduates here, most of the graduates, all the graduates from from the, what's it called, the climate reality course that we took from Gore. Okay. Like, we're going to be fighting for Transform Toronto. It's, you know, people are saying... They, they put up, well, we're going to, you know, we're going to be carbon neutral by 2050. No, we don't have time for that. You know, the, the, the earth is, is, is heating up and, you know, we're trying to keep it to one and a half percent increase or maybe worst case, 2%. Man, we're going to have a lot of places underwater. We're going to have extreme storms. We're, it's the world is changing if we don't do something. So Toronto has to do something. The, the C40 cities are doing it. Toronto's going to do something, for, invest money in it. For those who don't know, um, Transform Toronto. What does that refer to? It's it's a climate change okay. uh, action plan. Transform TO. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, let's get back to not necessarily climate change, but something that relates to that is transit. Um, you're a big proponent of uh, public transit. And, and public transit meaning not just your buses and your subways and your streetcars, but cycling um and other innovative you know method methods of transportation outside of the car right um how do we stop this reliance on cars and i'll give you an example um my sister-in-law lives uh, york mills and pharmacy works at young and eglinton and it's cheaper for her to drive her car in rush hour um, back and forth Monday to Friday and parks in that area. Um, it's cheaper for her to do that versus $3.25, $3.50 one way uh, on, on, on a TTC. Or if she gets the pass, $3. You know, So $6 is more expensive than it is to drive. Well, she's probably also doing it for convenience too. I'm going to guess the service. Okay, so interesting. Wallace's speech at the Monk Institute Mm -hmm. actually said that we subsidize parking. We encourage. Mm. I I talk a lot about, or people talk a lot about, inducing car usage. Mm. Um, When you build another lane of a highway, you induce more people to drive cars. Sure. What we're doing here with our traffic wardens or quick response things, we are simply inducing. People are going to say, you know what, the cars... 
it's getting a little easier driving down university. Yeah. I'm driving to work. You're inducing more cars. Yeah. So, like, uh, where was it? In Bangladesh, they just opened another highway. Yeah. Within the first week, it was gridlocked because you're inducing people to get into their cars. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing. We're, we, whether it's our cheap, cheap, cheap parking rates. Yeah. Because if, if your sister-in-law was getting charged $20 a day, yeah. she would say, well, I'm not doing that. So yeah. we're inducing it there. We're inducing it with all kinds of tactical things. Mm-hmm. And we're reducing it because we're not giving them a solution. So it's, you know, I I spent uh, two days in Copenhagen. I biked for two hours there. I biked with the head of cycling in Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. And he took me around. 47% of the people bike there. Their goal is to get it up to 75%. So what are they doing in Copenhagen? Well, you know, people say, you know, we're not Amsterdam. We're not Copenhagen. My answer is... Amsterdam and, Co- and Copenhagen weren't Amsterdam and Copenhagen 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Listen, they've invested in infrastructure. The, yeah. the bike lanes, they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's quite intimidating because I've, I've got a bad knee and I was riding a foreign bike and I pull up to a, <laughs> to a, a stop sign and I look behind me and there's 30 bicyclists. Oh, my goodness. But not once in all the time I was biking did yeah. I worry about cars. Yeah. I just, you know, the, the, it's so busy. They're widening their bike lanes. So, so I think biking, you know, biking, you, you think, oh, no, pennies for biking. That's just a recreational thing for the kids. And it's one or two percent. Imagine getting 10, 15 percent of the people off the roads biking. Yeah. That could make a difference to commutes. But then you've got to do things, you, you know, we're, we're really locked in on big capital projects take a long time. Whether you do LRT or subway, it's going to be years. And I think there's some other mid uh, uh near-term things you can do. In Bogota, they have bus rapid transit, BRT. Yes. You can do bus rapid transit. But you know what it means? Like, you should do one right up Bay Street. But you got to block off that lane. Yeah. And these buses are whipping along. And you're saying, I'm not going to get in on the subway to go, you know, north of... uh, Bloor Street. I'm getting on bus rapid transit because that sucker's moving. Yeah. But you got to do that kind of stuff, and and that means whether you put bike lanes in or bus rapid transit, um, you're you're being anti-car. And I say, why not? Yeah. I mean, cars they're four thousand pounds. I looked up the other day. The average car is four thousand and nine pounds, and it's going too damn fast. And when it hits someone, it kills. Them. Yeah. And they're 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 carbon polluters. There's nothing good about cars. No. And uh, so. You know, we've got to do bikes and 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 BRT in the short term and higher parking costs, frankly, yeah. to say it's penalizing them. And then we got to get on with uh, LRT and forget this subway shit. <laughs> <laughs> because that's crazy. Okay, so so about, well, there's so many, so I, I want to say this, and I may have say it, said it so many times, but New York is a prime example. Because one of the things that people say, Richard, is that, we're driving businesses away. We're driving people away when we Have you looked make at the city? No, and I agree with you, but <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. New this... York is a prime example. There is a city that is a magnet for people. People go and visit there. People go and, you know, they take vacations to New York City. People go and move to New York City. There's, there's a magnet there. And so I was in New York uh, in September, end of September, beginning of October, and I took an Uber I don't know, 30, 40 blocks. And it took forever and a day to drive. Literally just one street, 30, 40 blocks. Um, And I said, this is why people walk. This is why people uh, bike. This is why people take 
the subway in New York because you can't drive. And it's not that driving is driving people away. It's everything else they got. They got amazing culture in New York City. Well, one of the books uh, I really encourage people to read is Street Street Fight by uh, Sadiq. Janet Sadiq Khan, and I'll be doing a book review on her. And you know what they did with bike lanes. And was she and, the one from New York City that yeah, worked for Bloomberg? She was commissioner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you know Bloomberg. Well, I'll get uh, come back to Bloomberg. But, yeah. Uh, you know parkettes and bike lanes, just brilliant stuff. And so Bloomberg's an interesting guy. So you know, interesting guy. He's succeeded in publishing. He's succeeded in in. Um, in politics, he got mm-hmm. elected three times, mm-hmm. and he's now succeeding as a philanthropist, city builder, mm-hmm. and so that's pretty. He's a he's a multi-sport guy, <laughs> and you know one of the big things they did in New York, they measured everything. They huh. were database decision making, yeah, and that's one of the things we're not really good at. So, so listen, it's um, you know it, it's going to take fighting the car lobby to mm-hmm. to. I mean, look at when who where, what lane they put uh, bike lanes out. Where was it that they just can't remember the, where it was? Anyhow, get, they get a lot of pushback when bike lanes go in. Oh, anywhere in the city. Yeah. yeah. And uh, eventually people will get used to it. Yeah. Um, so subway, get back to your... Yeah. your so why... So I, I live in Scarborough and um, I had a conversation with uh, Glenn DeBeermaker um, and he almost convinced me. I was like, okay, uh. I, I get it. No, and, you, and you can't. And then I and then I spoke to him and said, you know, what? I, I've spoken to Petty, and he goes, yeah, he doesn't like. He's a, he he says great guy. I don't know why he doesn't support me. So so okay. Here I was out. There's a blog coming out on uh, Thursday. Yeah. I entered. I was out in Scarborough at the uh, East Scarborough storefront with Ann Groger. Uh, wonderful work that she does out there. And we talked about uh, about Scarborough. Scarborough's huge. It's 187 it's square kilometers. Yeah. It's uh, 650,000 people. If it was a city, mm-hmm. it'd be the 10th largest city. It is a big area. Mm-hmm. It was built as a bedroom community when everyone drove downtown. Mm-hmm. It's not that anymore. No. It's it's a community that's diverse. It's 57% people from foreign countries. It's it's Chinese, Filipino, mm-hmm. Indian. It's it's this really its own thing. Scarborough is its own thing today. Scarborough's business, I, the statistic I read is 60% of the transit's within Scarborough. Mm-hmm. Crossing Scarborough, people are staying up there now. Mm-hmm. They're not coming downtown. Mm-hmm. And so, so an LRT, I don't remember how many stops, but more than seven. Is it 14, 17? I don't know. But at least gets people moving around Scarborough as opposed to one subway mm-hmm. that goes from downtown to out there that they say is going to cost three and a half billion. They haven't turned a shovel yet. No. I predict it'll be five billion mm-hmm. for one subway. You could have a ton of LRT and Scarborough would be better served. So one of Glenn's arguments, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but is that you unlock the land around the subway station. But are we doing this for economics or are we doing this to make it better for the people? How about that question? Hmm. For for the person who wants to get across Scarborough without having to take a couple of buses and take an hour and a half instead of a fast LRT. I, I think that's the wrong thing. That's talking about money instead of making the city more livable. So Glenn's a smart guy. And I'm by the way, I'm not sure I agree with him. Yeah. So Glenn's a smart guy. He's he fought for the Rouge Park. Yeah. He's he. Oh, he helped me on he, Toronto Wildlife. He's awesome. He bikes to work, you know, from Scarborough down to City Hall and, and to his office in in, Weber, in Scarborough. So he's 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 progressive. 
Ooh. Outside of Ooh. this subway. Like to me, be pretty, now. I don't. I don't have the time that you have to to look at everyone's voting records mm-hmm. and, and what they do. But he would seem to be someone who is progressive. Well, he votes a lot with Tory, and Tory's not progressive. Yes, yeah, so I think he votes a lot with Tory because he's on Tory's, you know, committee. Yeah, you don't. You don't get on. I don't know if he's on executive committee, but. Yeah. But yeah, you're not progressive. But he's to his, be he's on his that. point man on the subway. I, it's, oh yeah, it's, listen, it's, it's, you know it's on his it business card. There's ten counselors out there. Yeah. All of them are against it except for Paul Ainsley. Yeah, and I think they're the people in in Scarborough. So all of them are against the subway, or all of them? All are nine for, are against or for the subway. For the subway. So because I think people think, well, I can't say I'm for LRT because I won't get elected. Mm. I contend that people have been focusing too much on whether it's it's a subway or LRT mm-hmm. instead of focusing on what do we want to solve and so when i'm running my businesses mm-hmm. i used to always say you get the objectives right the strategies right themselves mm-hmm. what do we want to achieve well i would look at it and say okay i want the best damn transit i can get for all the people and how do they move about this city mm-hmm. uh, this this 650,000 of how do you move about that? Uh, that's my objective. Now, that's the goal. The tools are subway versus LRT. Mm-hmm. And I bet if you did that, mm-hmm. you'd find out that LRT is far better. So we have a lot of these smart people. Mm-hmm. I believe on council. You know, I, I believe that Tory is smart. I believe that Glenda Bearmaker is smart. Like they're smart. But they want to get reelected. Rash- they're not, and they're not. Listen, they're fighting right now. Both Glenn. Mm-hmm. So I went out to one of the debates. Yeah. Where Glenn was there, and who was he debating against? I'm thinking. Anyhow, there was a debate. Yeah. And he was asked. This is months ago. Yeah. He was asked, "Would you do uh, a cost analysis whether this is is that versus LAT? Yeah. And he says no, because we don't want to slow up. It was months ago. They've all and said so, no. So yeah. now yeah. it's in the news again. Yeah. Because Metrolink did a report and said it was a waste of money. And yeah. that was before it was $3.5 billion, And that's when it was three stops, not one stop. Yeah. Can you imagine? And it, by the way, it's not going to be $3.5 billion. It's going to be $5 billion. Well, I'll come on your show in two in four years, and and, and you can buy me dinner because it's going to be. If I'm still billion. here, yeah, yeah. And uh, listen, you'll be, you know, you have six hundred million followers. But there you go. And uh, it's if you did that analysis, it it doesn't pass. So there's smart people, mm-hmm. but you know what I think it is is once again, if you have values, yeah, you say this is my value. Yeah, I'm a smart person, but if we didn't have values, we might have sold that green giant corn. Yeah. So if you say. You know what? Mm. I, and I believe in data-based ba- decision-making. Yeah. I believe in best practices. Yeah. I believe in that kind of stuff. That's not the decision you're making. So they're smart. I don't argue. But, you know, that's their point of difference. I believe in this, and Glenn stands out for it, and and they those people think that I need that to get elected next year. So I remember going to Taiwan, uh, Taipei. Taipei, Taiwan? Yeah. Um, city about the size of Toronto that has an amazing transit system. Um, and so I asked one of the people there, I said, okay, how did you guys build this? Because in Toronto, we argue back and forth. Um, and they said, once the decision is made, it's like law. You can't, someone else can be elected. It doesn't matter. It, this has already so been passed. So if we'd agreed, David... Miller's yes. Transit City. Was it called Transit Toronto or? It's called any, Transit City. Yes, Transit City. Transit City. Yeah. That was seven years ago. The LRT be working in Scarborough right now. Yeah. 
You're right. That was a great thing. And, you know, Ford came in, cut it. Yeah. Remember, it was going to be funded by the. It was all funded. Like it, was it was all, all funded. Care. Oh, no, the environmental assessment was done. It yeah. was done. And we changed that. So it is one of the problems. I agree. Yeah. So Tory's out there saying, Let, we got to get on with it. Well, listen, um, you know, you were going towards a cliff. We're going to go off. Like, get on with it. So we should yeah. drive off this cliff because, you know, time's a wasting. Mm. So. Sometimes you got to pull a plug on a bad idea. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We could <laughs> we could stay on this subway thing and, and this transit thing, you know, for for hours. Um, but let's go to let's go to let's talk about this because I think this is almost like an umbrella over everything, and this is like the revenue funding problem, right? Um, we want to be the you know. Politicians say we're the highest taxes, but everyone says no, actually we oh, got the lowest no. property taxes. We got the, we're the bottom core. Too. Um, what do but and then and but then people, regular Joes and Janets out there don't you know don't want if you if you ask them could you want to pay more taxes, you know no one want to pay more taxes right, um, so how do we solve this funding problem because if we didn't if we didn't have a funding problem if we unlocked opportunities whether that is higher property taxes, um, whether that is tolls on the highway. Um, whatever the case may be, if we unlocked all of these, the thinking is that maybe we'd be able to build these things, whether these things are subways, whether these things are more libraries, whether these things are more parks, um, what have you. How do we solve or what is the solution? Well, you're right. I mean, uh, anti-taxes is in vogue all over the world. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, DeBasso got that through. Uh, hmm. You know what you need to do? You have to make this case for a better Toronto. And a better Toronto costs money. So yeah. you got to make that case. That only gets you so far. The other thing that people really have complaints about is they're worried that if I give more taxes, mm-hmm. I'll waste it. Uh, or mm-hmm. how is it spent? Yes. So I think, you know, I'm... Uh, I just noticed that, you know, I have a, a place in a little town in southern Ontario in Amherstburg, and I noticed just today that uh, they're doing levies of, is it three quarters of a percent, two of them, and they're dedicated They're dedicated specifically to things. Mm-hmm. So I think you need to do that. You have to say, listen, I'm going to increase property taxes 1%, and that's going to throw off $29 million. And you know what I'm going to do with that? I'm going to open more um I'm going to open more libraries. I'm going to do this. I'm going to increase the number of recreational programs for kids. I'll do mm-hmm. that. The next one percent, I'm going to do this. Um, unfortunately, property taxes won't pay for transit. A property tax percentage is worth between twenty-five and thirty million dollars. So it's not. Enough. That's not going to do it. But yeah. it can do a lot of the city services, okay. from busing to parks to libraries. It can do a lot of that stuff that makes the city much more livable, especially for people who are vulnerable. Every time mm. we take a price increase on the TTC, it hurts those people that that depend on that the most. It, you know, sure. I I take the TTC all the time. Yeah, but I can afford it. But those people get hurt. So you do those. I think you have to come up with other ways. The tolls, we need tolls. It's also a way to get people out of driving cars. Sure, absolutely. The mistake made there is we we did it unilaterally, and then all of the the cities around Toronto say, "Wait a second, my people are, my people from Mississauga are using that highway, and you're collecting money." And I think. If I was running for mayor, I'd say I'm going to go out and talk to Crombie. I'm going to bring in all the city things, and we'll go to the the new government, 
and say, listen, we're all in. Here's six mares. Here's the whole grid of toll roads. And we've agreed how we're going to share this. Mm-hmm. And how does how does the provincial government say no then? Mm-hmm. But Kathleen Wynne listened to Crombie and the people out there. So mm-hmm. you've got to look at big revenues like that. Um, I think I think we could probably borrow more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a school of thought. Uh, the Monk Institute, I believe, says that we don't borrow enough. We got low borrowing, mm-hmm. but do it for big projects. You don't borrow money to help pay for, you know, the operational stuff. You do it for big projects. Mm-hmm. You know, we're probably going to need things like um, a parking tax. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to find revenues, but someone's got to sell that, and it's mm-hmm. not easy. But I'd love to see someone try. Yeah. And you know what? If it if they it didn't sell it, hey, they tried. What role does the provincial government and federal government have in in city building, in in funding a lot of these capital projects? Well, it's really too bad that, and, and boy, we're out of my depth here, but you know, the cities are the engines today. 50% of the people in Canada, I think, live in cities now. Pretty soon, 50% of the people in the world will live in cities, and they're the economic engines, and that's yeah. in the United States, and that's in here. And we have more money going out of our city than coming in Mm. uh, from the provinces and from the feds. I think I'm on solid ground saying that. So, and then when Miller was uh, uh, premier, he downloaded a lot of stuff into the city just to lower taxes. Mm -hmm. He looked looked pretty fiscally uh, good Mm -hmm. provincially. So... There's no doubt that the city, that the province and the feds have to help on housing. You know, we have, we got 200,000 homes we have to build. We got a billion six in back back order Mm. uh, um, repairs. We need help in that. That's a one-third, one-third. Yeah. So they've got to do that. And and I think they cooperate on tolls and do that. It's, It's tough because, you know, Wynne wants to get elected. Yeah. And then... Trudeau wants to get reelected, yeah. and no one seems to be giving up that power. Um, there's been some really good studies. I, I read one. Man, there's so much to talk about. I read a study <laughs> that Kat Ann Golden did, and Sharice Berta, and Paul Bedford, and on, on all kinds of revenue ways to grow revenue. Mm-hmm. And they were asked to do it in September, and they had it done the 1st of December. It was brilliant, and I read it, and wow. wow province looked at it and said oh man we can't approve that that's what might we might not get elected it's too progressive yeah it's it's weird now you said you said new government when you were referring to ontario what are your your thoughts well i don't know i mean kathleen's way down in the polls but do you know what patrick brown's platform is no does anyone have a clue not a clue no other than i don't think he knows well you know he would tell you that he's got a big um meeting of all the conservatives and they're going to figure it out but yeah. he has nothing he has nothing other than kathleen Wynne's lies yeah and um maybe that maybe the new democrats sneak up in the middle yeah she's there's not, an opportunity there yeah but you know i think there's more of an opportunity federally than provincially i mean you know she's hmm. she's had a couple shots at it in ontario true um so I don't know who's going to win. Don't count Kathleen Wynne out. And I've got a bias here. My wife's uh, advertising agency does her advertising. Okay. <laughs> and they do really good advertising. They did Trudeau's. They did Kathleen Wynne's. They win. We also have a housing problem. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of housing problems. There is public housing. Um, there's a backlog. There, there's there's a lineup of people 200, waiting. 200,000. From what I've heard, maybe 180. And then there's an affordability crisis. 
um, of people being able to afford to live in this city. Now, now it's an affordability crisis, but I think it's also a mindset crisis um, because, and again, I compare Toronto to New York too, too many times, but no one owns anything in New York, right? Everyone rents. They rent their apartments, right? Um, in Toronto, there, and I think it's a Canadian thing, there's this thing about home ownership where, I mean, my friend is, is, is having a baby. I've known him for years. Always lived in the city, buying a home in Burlington. Not because he loves Burlington, but because that's where he can afford you, to buy a you home. You drive till you can afford something. Yeah. You keep driving outside of the city to get to that point I can afford here. It's and that's Orangeville. It's Kitchener. Yeah. It, and with, with the idea of driving into the city to work. So, so, so we have all these problems. Okay. Problems. So community housing. Yeah. So let's talk about we, that. We, again, it's money. And yeah. we do have repairs and yeah. we have needs. And it's going to take three levels of government to figure that out. Yeah. And I, th I think that is a... That is a moral issue. I think that oh, needs, it, is. it needs to be done. That you sh that we shouldn't be talking about it. But, we should just be doing it. It's going to take money again. Fair. Yeah. On the affordable, you know, we live in this rich, popular city. Hmm. There's things we can do. Yeah. We can, we can do more mid density. In, in, we hmm. we have to fill in down roads and stuff yeah. and 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 build more houses yeah and you know condos are going up all over the place but there's ways to do that the laneways i've seen that yeah, laneways and in, in mid-density we can do that kind of stuff but it's always going to be expensive and and you know i think you're right i think home ownership is seems to be something ever and listen i've owned my house since forever yeah and um so who am i to say someone else shouldn't own a house i can't say that yeah but you can't it's always going to be expensive i mean mm. you've got a city that's growing yeah you know the, the immigrants want to come here first yeah uh you know the tech jobs are coming here mm -hmm. uh, people are leaving the united states to come here students are passing up in grad schools in the united states to come to u of t mm -hmm. it's always it's going to be expensive yeah i don't have an answer for that one I really don't. So we should. So in terms of public housing, it just it needs to be funded. We need to figure out a way. Yeah, it's it, gonna take it, a lot of money. Yeah. So back to the subway. Okay. So if you can do, and I don't have my math right, but let's say you can do mm. multi-stop LRT for two and a half. I see what billion. you're thinking. Already, yes. I've got a billion dollars. Yeah. And if I'm right, yeah, I've got two and a half billion dollars. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gardner Expressway. We are unique. We are tearing down part of the Gardner. Yeah. And we're going to build it back up. <laughs> I'd tear the whole thing down. I really would. I yeah. mean, there's plenty of proof that that works in Seoul, Korea, and in San Francisco and stuff like that. And again, there's a billion dollars. So all of a sudden, it's not just increasing revenue. It's making sure we spend the revenue we have wisely. And I would point to those two where we're wa w wasting maybe a couple billion dollars. And boy, wouldn't that look good on community housing? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, tomorrow, you're heading off to... Sanderson Branch, Toronto Library. Yes, yes. Um, Thanks for reading my tweets. No worries. With Jennifer Jones. Jennifer who's, Jones. Who's the president yeah. of and CEO of the Toronto Foundation. See if you can get me a t-shirt. I love their t-shirts. Aren't they nice? I'll ask her for you, okay? <laughs> Thank you. So so uh, I'm going to Sanderson because they do something called a youth hub. 
Mm. And this is for young people. My my wife and I, our foundation is the Richard and Colleen Petty Foundation. Pretty yeah. unique name. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, wow, didn't we brand that? <laughs> and we have no logo. And uh, we focus on city youth. So Jennifer's a friend of mine. I said, Jennifer, I want to make a donation, and I want to do it to youth, and I want to do it into an area that needs help. Mm-hmm. And she picked up Sanderson, so... We're going to sponsor a lot of this youth hub, and mm-hmm. I'm going to go meet the librarian. And uh, and then I'm doing two blogs on libraries. I'm going to do a blog on libraries in general, and yeah. then I'm going to do a blog on I'm going to I'm going to show you what it would cost to open up all the libraries on Sunday, yeah, and 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 Friday nights, yeah, and and then I'll also show you if we don't give them, you know, cover their inflation, what we will shut down. Hmm. So uh, yeah, I'm a big I'm big on libraries. It's a great public space. It's a, a space. It's a hand up. Space. It's a community hub. It is. Mm-hmm. It is spectacular. Is there we a have branding the, issue then? There no, maybe? no. They're the best in the world. Yeah. They just had a record year. They are the best in the world. No, instead of calling them libraries, because the Forge of the World think books. No one reads books. And call no, them hubs. No, no. 82% Community. of the people in Canada still read books. Yeah. Didn't read my last blog. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, when I was with Glenn, we went out to the new, relatively new, beautiful Scarborough Civic Center Library. Yeah, number 100. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's spectacular. Yeah. And I've, I've given a speech down at the one at Fort York. They've renovated three or four. We're awesome. And, and I'm going to show a picture in the blog on libraries. So I, I was in Detroit. I think I talked to you since I was in Detroit. And um, I wanted to see beautiful old buildings that have been built in the 20s. And I, I, I decided to go down to their, uh, their library, their, their equivalent of our central library. Mm-hmm. And I walked in this beautiful old building, empty and pretty dusty. And I saw a map on the wall of Detroit, and it showed 37 libraries. And then I looked more closely at it. Mm-hmm. 17 of them are closed. Hmm. In the United States, they're closing libraries left and right. In Newfoundland, they've closed half of their libraries. Whoa. So, so I want to talk about the importance of libraries. Yeah. Generally, generically. Mm-hmm. And then in another one, I want to talk specifically about how important libraries are. If, 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 you know, if I was going to increase taxes one percent or so, I'd talk to um, <coughs> talk to library people yeah. and um, say, okay, what what will it cost to open on Sundays? What will it cost to extend hours on Friday night? Hmm. What do you need in money? How much? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it'd be you know it'd be a million or two million bucks, but you do it. We we mentioned uh, Jagmeet Singh earlier on, mm-hmm. um, and I said I'd get back to that. Um, your thoughts on on him um, and and federally where where things are going well I, I think With it's wonderful the at the NDP I mean here's a man of color yeah and you know some it's being a Sikh he, he wears headgear that mm-hmm. intimidates and scares some people because mm-hmm. you know that woman came up and called him a Muslim yeah um, so you know it's a little different but you know the NDP good for them mm-hmm. they uh, they embrace it he won quite easily yeah first ballot right? yeah um, and good for them. And he's smart. Yes. He's articulate. Mm-hmm. And he seems to handle pressure pretty well. He does. And eh? when people scream racist things at him. So, you know, good for him. He's younger than Trudeau. Um, I think it's wonderful yeah. that we have Nenshi in Calgary, who's a Muslim. Yeah. We have Trudeau. We have Singh. And that 
you know, xenophobic, racist United States. Yeah. And, you know, can you imagine, you know, with with Nancy and and um, Singh being ever elected in in the United Federally. States? <laughs> yeah. No, maybe, no. Yeah. You know, maybe in, in California, maybe in yeah. New York City. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's really good. Now, do I, I think he has his work cut out for him because he's, you know, the NDP is going to have trouble in Quebec. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, that's that province has got its race yeah. issues. Um, but, hey, good for them. I think, uh, you know what? You want competition. And that's why I'd like to see no leader, no mayor of a major city mm-hmm. should get, should be, they all should have to run against someone, a, a, for, a real a real sure. run. Yeah. Because it challenges them, makes them, makes them stretch, makes them defend what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I... And so that's why I'd like to see a progressive. I think we need to have, let's say, John Center. Uh, he's center right. Ford's right. If we had someone who's center left, yeah. left, it would make a much better debate. And uh, I think Singh will add to the that debate. So you mentioned Desmond Cole earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? And I and I don't want you to to give away names, you know who well, you who you promised. Names, all the names are out there. Okay, and so who who are the people that you like? Who are well, the progressives I like that you like? Keysman, but she's not going to run. I like. Okay. Uh, Why uh, won't she run? Uh, I'm assuming you've asked her. Oh sure, she's been quite public. She's not going to run. Yeah. You know she's stepped down. She's looking at other opportunities right now. Yeah. And it's just not the right time for her and her family. And mm-hmm. uh, I think she's she. Probably a little tired of City Hall. <laughs> and so she's not there. Uh, you know, I'll keep working on her. Yeah. I'm introducing her next week at, a, at an event, and I'm, and one of my lines, I've already written a speech saying, okay. I wish she'd run for mayor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she'll listen to you. She probably listens to you. And she'll... I'm seeing her tomorrow for lunch. Okay. No, I'm seeing her Thursday on lunch. Thursday, all right. Um, uh, slowly. Do you know him? He was no. uh, deputy chief of police. A uh, person of color. Okay. Uh, lost the shootout. Uh, was not chosen as uh, Peter. As okay. Peter Slowly. I like him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just, you know, I, oh, I like uh, Joe Cressy a lot. A lot. Okay. But Joe's, Joe's, I think a lot of the progressives. Yeah. At least when I talked to him a few months ago, they all thought Tory would win. And they were going to wait to 2020. When Tory well, said he'd step up, yeah. he stepped down. And uh, he might. He yeah. probably will, but yeah. there's no guarantee. Yeah. He seems to like it, uh, but probably he will. And so they're all waiting for that time. I'd look at it now and go, I don't know, but Joe, I've tried to get Joe to, to run, but and others have. I, yeah. I know Joe pretty well, but I'm not the guy who sways Joe. I'm one no. of 200 people who try to sway who Joe. Try to, interesting. Yeah. Thank you so much, Richard. Okay, it's for, always for, uh, for coming. You do in your again. homework. You follow me on Twitter. I appreciate it. Nice to be your 99th. I hope you'll come for the hundredth episode. <laughs> well, not the hundredth. That's just soon. Well, I, hope, I hope you'll come as a. As, so we're opening up, uh, two doors down upstairs. Oh yeah. Um, Expanding. Look at you. Yeah, and we're gonna have a live a live studio audience. No advertisers yet. Yeah. Um, You're getting really. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Live studio audience. Good for you. Yeah. That, so that's, so I hope you'll that's join. So it'll be a live show then. It'll be a live show. Or It'll live be, to tape. Li- uh, it won't be, sorry, it won't be live that people can listen to it live. It'll be live for the people that are upstairs. Okay, so live to tape. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. And, that's and, what I used to call it in the yeah, broadcasting business. Yeah, so. so uh, well, that's great. How I'll, many people in the crowd? We can probably fit 50-ish people okay. up there. And you would hope that um, a kind of a little uh, Q&A with the crowd. They'll be, them, yeah. Have, have interaction with Absolutely. them. Absolutely. So there'll be, uh, so I'll announce it now, seeing that this is episode 99 and 
the next uh, show will be 100. It's going to be uh, Canada's grandfather of hip hop, Maestro Fresh West. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fellow Scarborough, former Good. Scarborough guy, he's going to come in and we're going to chat about his uh, his career and uh, you know music and some of the stuff that he does in, in the community. That's excellent. As Good well. for you. Yeah, so. Well, listen, I wish you continued success with this. And I know it's more a labor of love than you're not paying your mortgage with it. No. I know that. Okay, well, you can count on me to market it for you. and Thank you. And uh, hopefully I've added some value and controversy, if nothing else. Yes. Okay, thanks. <laughs>